From award-winning restaurant industry news to original analysis and reporting you can't get anywhere else, restaurant business memberships provide you with the information you need to future-proof your operation. Subscribe now with code RBPODCAST21 for a free 30-day trial and get the tools you need for growth and success. Yang Zhao, CEO and co-founder of Junzi Kitchen and Nice Day, is out to change the way Americans eat Chinese food, and he's hoping to help Chinese-owned family restaurants along the way. Zhao and his team are working to build a restaurant concept that buys out Chinese-owned restaurateurs who are looking to retire and converts them into updated Chinese-American eateries. Nice Day started as a pop-up concept, but now it's a full-time restaurant with more in the works. It features classic Chinese-American dishes as well as new takes on old favorites. Hear about Zhao's plans during this Buzzworthy Brands podcast. Hey, thanks so much for joining me today on Buzzworthy Brands. Can you just start off and uh, introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about the concepts we're talking about today? Hi, my name is Yong Zhao. Uh, I'm the CEO and the co-founder of Junzi Kitchen and the Nice Day Chinese. Uh, it's two concepts. Great. Can you? I know we've talked about uh, Yunzi Kitchen, but the other concept is new to me. Can you tell me a little bit about the the, the two concepts and how they're different? Yes. So Jinzi Kitchen was established in 2014. Uh, the idea was trying to uh, create a new type of uh, Chinese food by uh, combining the fast casual operation, uh, the, the model of uh, like Chipotle or Street Green type of assembly line with uh, authentic healthy uh, Chinese food from China. So my hometown, the trimming like Chinese wraps or the noodle bowls. Uh, the rice bowls. Um, so the, re, the 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 product is basically like a lot of bowl concepts uh, or wrap concepts that fast casual movements have from different type of uh, cuisines. So we provide a Chinese version of that. Um, we have uh, currently we have uh, three restaurants in operation. Uh, one in New Haven, one in Columbia uh, University campus, one in Midtown uh, Manhattan. Uh, and previously, pre-pandemic, we'll have one more in NYU, but we'll convert that into our new concept called a Nice Day Chinese. <clears throat> so this Nice Day Chinese uh, brand was start to conceive uh, back in 2019, uh, but we really started working at 2020 uh, during the pandemic. It's the idea that uh, we have years ago, but we really start to work on it uh, after we feel we're confident enough because uh, this idea is actually directly trying to uh, improve um, the Ch American Chinese food. Uh, so the Chinese food in, in the world does have uh, two, uh, in America, they have two major differences. Um, one is American Chinese food, one is what we call non-American authentic Chinese food. Uh, so, uh, Jinzi Kitchen is to provide a type of non-American Chinese food experiences that people understand before, such as genital chicken, but Jinzi Kitchen doesn't have it. But Nice Day Chinese trying to directly uh, kind of improve the American Chinese food experiences for most American customers understands the American Chinese takeout. <clears throat> no idea is pretty simple. Uh, these Chinese takeout restaurant owners, they are retiring, and we want to uh, basically provide a way for them to exit and take over the space um, and 
trying to operate in a much more modernized way. Uh, so we don't depend on Chinese immigrant families to operate restaurants because they no longer want to come here <laughs> uh, to do that kind of job. And uh, we put all the modernized way to management from automation to pr uh, productions, to branding, to all these online platforms, technologies to make it become uh, viable in a new uh, era and eventually deliver to better product, improve uh, experiences to our uh, customers who enjoy Chinese food as a chicken broccoli for so many decades. Sure. Uh, so I think when we talked the earlier, a couple of years ago, that was that the model for Junzi Kitchen was that you were going to um, kind of take over some of these retiring operators? And did that switch to Nice Day or am I confused? So, um, so Junzi Kitchen need the, the, the restaurants, the restaurant uh, need prime locations, need a uh, new established space. So, or if, if you think about it, we can we have very similar equipment and layout as Chipotle. So which means, yeah, if they're selling their restaurant, we can take them over and retrofit them into a ginger kitchen. Mm -hmm. well, obviously Chipotle doesn't want to do that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, a, that's kind of where the, the position is, right? Jinza Kitchen is a more like an urban gotcha. um, concept. Uh, but nice day trying to take over this existing Chinese takeout space. When you okay. look at the Chinese takeout in every like American neighborhood, there's always some Chinese takeout there. And it's always the same. Um, similar menus, similar layout, similar restaurant structures, um, but just different names and the different families management. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, these infrastructure is it's uh, kind of getting outdated and the family won't get out because their kids already graduate from schools. They don't need them to, to, sure, to sure. be independent. <laughs> so all that. So that's a for specific for nice day brand. We designed the whole brand just for that purpose, trying to inherit the legacy of the past generation Chinese restaurant and to kind of elevate them into a new generation. And so the thinking is that you would like buy out these older generation operators? Yes. Okay. A lot of these restaurants, I mean, it's very common that the, 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 the past generation operators will sell to new generation operators. Um, that happened back in 2002, uh, 2000, uh, because previously there was a Chinese takeout restaurant established in the 80s, 90s, and then they sell to new families uh, in 2000, but the family acquired these restaurants in 2000. Now they want to retire again. Sure. <laughs> but only thing is, um, their less family came from China to do this job. They go to other jobs or do other things, and China no longer that poor. So that if come to America is very much a, very viable because there's no much of opportunity cost. But right now, the, the family from in China doesn't want to get out. Um, so that's why, like that, the, the the current operators suddenly find that nobody wants to buy these. So we kind of want to provide that. Yeah, yeah. And you came to this country from China, correct? To to go to school. Yes. When was that? Two thousand six. Okay. Um, good. So can you talk a little bit more about some of the sort of modernizing that you all would be putting in? to the restaurant that maybe didn't exist 
when when the families owned it. Yeah. So uh, the, the the Chinese takeout restaurant uh, is almost like the, the OG kind of ghost kitchen because 80 percent their sales generated through the off premise sales, which is not eating in the Chinese takeout restaurant, uh, the take uh, takeout deliveries. So but also it's unique that only Chinese restaurant basically sell uh, sell the kind of dishes you have to cook in like four minutes uh, with technique to generate a $10 worth of fried rice, mm -hmm. even cheaper. Um, so <clears throat> what's behind it is actually the, the cheap labor that Chinese families uh, kind of internalize their cost uh, to make the food very hard to make, but also uh, very cheap to have. And also they have uh, 300, 400 items on the menu. Sure, <laughs> the menus are huge, yeah. huge menus. But from our data shows, like only like 20% of their menu items actually generate sales. It's like a 20, 80-20 rules, pretty simple here. Like 20% of the menu can generate more than 80% of sales. Um, and also because they have a, the, it's a family operation. So not every, everybody's paid with minimum wage. So, which means for them, it's very hard to hire external em employees other than non-Chinese employees to, to kind of compensate their loss of labor because hard, harder, harder hire to people from, chi from, from Chinese towns uh, in the Chinese communities. So what's happening today is you find them stuck with uh, no new help, uh, the basic old parents stuck in the restaurant, uh, working every day, heavy labor. They make everything like, from scratch to cut the ingredient cost, basically it's like they labor as much as they can. When they're not busy, they wrap dumplings, cut the vegetables. And also they're not on third party platform. They're not even have a proper POS just because they don't have to. And they're getting on Uber Eats to make them busier, but without getting more help, they're just too tired. And they're not necessarily making more money because margin of that is lower. <clears throat> And they don't have a capacity managing all these marketing technology things. Um, and uh, they don't have a delivery guys because they used to have them, but now they don't want to kind of hire them anymore. They're too expensive mm -hmm. and they won't come to suburb to do deliveries. So <clears throat> now become take it only. So you imagine that, right? How can we solve, can use American local management team to be able to manage Chinese restaurant. We need to simplify that. We cannot handle 200, 400 items. We have to use the technology that kind of doesn't need the, the, the employee hire from other like fat work from other fast food restaurant, be able to cook Chinese food with all the walk techniques. So we have to change technology about it. So there's an automated walk to be able to do that with the triple the efficiencies because one person can handle three walks at the same time. I don't, you don't need understand how to stir fry it because you just put the ingredients into the automated walk according to the instructions. And then you have all the, put in all the technology um, with Uber Eats or DoorDash that's make it available to a lot of customers. Um, and you're gonna cut the menu based on the, the data um, only do the very efficient, effective day, uh, the menu items, and also create some new because Chinese restaurant have been the menu having haven't been updated for years to years. Sure, sure. So that's why we have like, you know, cheeseburger egg rolls. <laughs> we have uh, um, we have the impossible dandan noodles. 
um, all these new dishes, trying to, you know, uh, create a new craving from younger customers and healthy audience. <clears throat> so, and also branding, marketing, because the Chinese families operate the restaurant in the family business way. They don't have the budget to make the marketing branding. So it's the way to actually make it work is that just do that. <laughs> uh, with also, you know, we're gonna buy them, we're gonna buy them out um, so that they can retire. And then we're gonna retrofit and uh, do some refurbishing or just make it the restaurant looks brighter. Uh, menu looks much uh, digitalized and make it cleaner um, and make it food, uh, deliver everything is like more modernized experience mm -hmm. from a mobile phones. <laughs> sure. So all these things is like that have been, already been done by to other like industries such as pizza, right? To Mexican food, but Chinese food is a large as the pizza and the Mexican food kind of uh, genre, but they don't have those updates. The majority of Chinese brands, uh, the majority of Chinese uh, restaurant in, in in the industry is mom pop stores. Only a five percent of the total Chinese restaurant stores in America has a brand, and only three brands basically, or just a couple more. Not much of brands. <clears throat> yeah, there's so many uh, independent-run operations. So, so, what are you seeing as the future of of your concept here? Are there more stores being planned, or what? What is the what does this look like for the years to come? So. Um, we are focusing on the development nice day right now. Um, so for nice day brand, we're seeing right now we're in operation from a previous ginger store in the in the in the uh, downtown New York area, and just more like a lab a test kitchen. So a lot of uh, people come try our new dishes. We just launched a new dish yesterday, by the way, uh, and uh, we're gonna open a Long Island location. Um, in about uh, September. <clears throat> That's kind of model of the past generation Chinese restaurant uh, owners just want to sell their restaurant to us. Um, we'll retrofit that in, in three months. And after the testing model, we'll open another few. Um, and then we're trying to go big. Um, just really test the model, make it, we, we trust like, okay, this really can work. This unique economic can work it out. And then we're gonna expand quickly, um, so to different regions mm -hmm. because there's twenty eight thousand Chinese takeout restaurant wow. that in America, and they want they all want to retire some way. <laughs> so how are you making yourself known to these older generation operators? Like, how are you finding spaces that you could take over? It's actually pretty simple. Like, just talk to them because <laughs> you can find them on Yelp, right? It's, they're everywhere, mm -hmm. um, and you can all the uh, contacts there and just call them or take a visit and introduce who you are and at, at least in New York area a lot of people knows us knows our, our vision as uh, through the Junzi kind of brand understand we're here trying to always have this kind of uh, vision that they are actually appreciated as a fellow Chinese um, uh, Chinese American they, they appreciate that we want to improve the, the experiences of Chinese food um, so talk to them and they just like with the idea of how much the restaurant could value because the, the valuation restaurant usually depends on demographics, depends on their, their, their value of their infrastructures. So just go there, have a chat, 
and, and see if they're willing to sell right now or in the future. Um, and look at their infrastructure, see what our valuation is, what they're saying the price is. If that's matched, a timeline matched, and then yeah, we can we can do that. I feel like it would be a much different conversation if you were a U.S. born business guy coming in there. But I, I feel like the fact that you are uh, from China probably helps the situation, right? That you're not just looking to totally Americanize that what they have worked so hard to do. <laughs> Yeah, that, it does. It does. Uh, although, yeah, it, business, business. But I mean, from, from bottom of heart, we do have a, the kind of pride of a culture. Mm-hmm. So we do want to really continue the legacy of Chinese food. So everybody knows, like, the the potential of Chinese food uh, still not being fully fully fulfilled by the current American Chinese food uh, kind of progresses. <clears throat> So we all kind of want to see what's next. And then yeah. be, being able to respect that culture, being able to understand, also elaborate, and try to push to the new new era, that's kind of one of our intrinsic advantages, values, uh, than a typical just another American businessman to do that. Um, sure, sure. Um, and can you talk about sort of what this last year or so has been like, what, what happened with the company during the pandemic? Yeah, the pandemic is tough uh, for the restaurant, especially New York, especially sure. when the Junji Kitchen majority of the, the, the sales is generated through the school, like Yale, Columbia, NYU, and also, I mean, Midtown offices. Basically, those markets just just vanished. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this different period of time is like we have done a lot of different things. In the early time, we started to uh, give, donate, um, not donate, but we we make uh, meal combos to the hospitals. So we raise money from our customers, from 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 organizations, and then we use the funds to create this low price um, kind of meal kits to the hospital, uh, the, the the frontline workers, uh, so that our employee have a job, and then the the rest of the hospital can be fit. Um, so that's when we get started. Um, and also we have a decent dining. We're going to write up from New York Times. This decent dining is basically when nobody, no restaurant opens, it's kind of ultimate form of a uh, live streaming cook show slash uh, also you're eating the dish at the same okay. time, <laughs> the type of deal. Uh, so then the kind of reopens, when restaurant start reopens, um, we kind of, and the hospital doesn't need the, dish, uh, the food anymore. So we stopped doing those. And then we're focusing on the, the nice day, kind of imagining this is the future because the, the COVID doesn't have huge hit on the urban market, which is our Junza market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we just realized the pet project we think about before the pandemic, the nice day become a potentially the most important strategic pivot we need to have. Really focus on this kind of, Get a focus um, type of uh, restaurant uh, because it's a huge market and it's relatively lower cost to develop. And it's actually have a benefit to not only the customers who need Chinese food, but also the current operator, they want to retire. Even the, the, the COVID stress make them want to retire more. So the time is more sensitive now. We need to push harder, faster um, to really take over the spaces. Um, yeah, yeah, that makes that makes total sense. Are you still looking at growing the Junzi brand too? 
Um, so we're not going to grow this year. Um, so because June's Kitchen doesn't need a, a lot, much larger capital and team to develop. Um, and given the current uncertainty of an urban environment mm -hmm. and how much it costs and how long it takes to develop Jun's stores, we're more likely, okay, you know what? If I have the same amount of money to invest somewhere, next day is much faster to develop, much easier to do. So, and uh, they're just provide the same answer, the same, different answer to the same question, how to make Chinese food improve. So the same vision. So we just want to focus on the United States this year. Uh, yeah. But but Jun's Kitchen is still a very viable menu. People love it. So we're, we're, we're holding that a little bit, see what next, uh, probably next year. Sure, sure. To come back you, to market. You mentioned uh, that you just added a new menu item. Can you talk a little bit about what the menu at, at Nice Day looks like? Yeah, so Nice Day menu, uh, we have the structure of 80% or 70% of our menu is classic classics, which is, means derived from big data. That's what people already need in America, like general chicken, chicken broccoli, beef broccoli, uh, egg rolls, dumplings, all this classic American Chinese food you can get from American Chinese restaurant. But also we feel this kind of, there's not 30% menu we need to push the envelope to reimagine what people potentially want. Um, there's some that we call the new classics uh, or fun, the fun menus. <laughs> so in these menus, we provide dishes that is, it's, a, it's not necessarily uh, authentic dishes from China, but rather than we create dishes ourselves by combining something fun, <clears throat> such as cheeseburger egg roll or maple, maple uh, macaroni and cheese. <laughs> uh, and uh, and that taste great that's the most important thing that the craveability is even much higher than classic classics because everyone tastes our menu it's like they're saying the comments are like your classic classic is better than anyone that's have so right it's a it's significantly better but in the meantime all these new dishes crazy and they taste like uh, something like the people say this best best food i ever have um so yeah these are new dishes <laughs> uh we want to make it the Chinese restaurant become cool and relevant and just sexy again, you know? Yeah, I feel like the dishes you mentioned could be a big hit like on TikTok or social media or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's a kind of uh, our idea how to renovate into push envelope on the Chinese food places. And really think this dishes, new dish have a lot of potentials. And if you can, you can come to try it, you know, <laughs> and yeah, the dish is really good. And also the, mo the, the best dish I ever have is the Jansol chicken sandwich. Because before I have the dishes, before the next day, I don't eat Jansol chicken. Uh -huh. I'm from China, I eat more authentic Chinese. So Jansol chicken to me is like not that good. <laughs> but the idea of a nice day Chinese starts really making me think about, okay, there's a huge legacy of American Chinese food. I actually started really appreciating a lot of the dishes. We think now we should really think about, okay, American Chinese dish is authentic by itself. It's a regional Chinese dishes. Sure. Similar like a Sichuan Chinese food. So, and we kind of want to get best general chicken, but also in the meantime, we'll put general chicken in a sandwich. And that tastes so good. I, I think that to me is the best chicken sandwich I ever have. <laughs> nice. So, um, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, I kind of brag myself on <laughs> dishes that much because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of introverted, but I'm passionate about the food. <laughs> sure. Are you finding that the, like the build out, the renovation costs for these units is going to be very high? Like, are you making many changes 
to the spaces? No, that's a beautiful part of this. It's actually, uh, it's how much you need to, to retro retrofit these. Because the you don't need to change the main infrastructure, mm -hmm. which means the cost of a building restaurant, mainly from the cost of uh, electricians, uh, plumbers, you know, getting the, the floor done, uh, the power, all these stuff, MEP works, that costs a lot of money. The, the, the kind of, the look sometimes doesn't cost that much. Um, and equipment doesn't cost that much. So, which means in these restaurants, we're talking about retrofitting Chinese takeout restaurant. We don't need to change much. We need to clean it up. We need to re replace some old equipment to a new one, a new version or more than one such from traditional walk to automated walk. Mm -hmm. Those those equipment is not expensive. Um, and the, 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 the heavy stuff such as the the water, the gas, uh, the, the the hood, all these things, they're already there. We don't sure. need to do anything. And also because retrofitting doesn't need that much of a permitting. So don't need to spend too much time getting the permitting stuff. And uh, you do some sanity change, the front counter change, put new technology into this. And uh, maybe you need to put new ceilings, new floors, it depends on the conditions, make it wall clean. I mean, all these things, it's pretty easy, simple and quick. So that's why like compared to a traditional way to build a restaurant with nine months or more, with whole process, this thing is quick. It doesn't need much of a lease negotiation because it's an assignment. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's a quick procedure, everything, every steps. So we can, build, we can reopen a restaurant in three months uh, from the beginning. because And then the co-construction probably take us just one month. Hmm. So we don't need to shut down the restaurant for the long, for, for three months, just for one month yeah. for the rest, renovation. Very good. Well, I am really appreciative of your time. Um, this is a really interesting concept, and I, I look forward to following you guys as the years go on. Is there anything else I should be asking you about that I, I haven't? Um, not much, but I think our vision is this is a, the, uh, I will see that the American Chinese takeout restaurant in America, 28,000 of these takeout restaurants, their largest Chinese food distribution networks. And um, like, magically put together by the, the individual family uh, with past generation immigrants. We really appreciate this efforts, this hard working, um, and soul to put into network. And we see this big loss that we don't have the continuously in the future. So we have the responsibility to feel also business opportunity to kind of make this network uh, to next generation. And the, with the network and also with the, our ideas and influences from the culinary, all the stuff, we think we can become the most important uh, infrastructure from the supply side and demand side. We can tell American audience what's next for Chinese food. And in, in the meantime, we can provide that throughout the network. So I would imagine that will, will be a beautiful world to have. So we can bring all the amazing Chinese food uh, in the world to this market uh, through these networks. Um, so yeah, and uh, I will say it'd be great to see like in the future, like what I've seen today is because most of our people making this Chinese food, no matter nice day with Junzi, they're not necessarily Chinese people anymore. Mm -hmm. That's also, that's what America is about, right? The cultures can be florent and the people can make, any people with different identity can make those amazing things uh, with different cultures. So we're really excited to see the future that if you own 5,000 locations of nice day in America, that previously owned by Chinese families. And now in the restaurant, 
the customer is everybody in the in the local communities, and the the maker is also everybody in the local communities. But culture could be more advanced. So that's kind of what my vision to ideal way of Chinese food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Restaurant business members enjoy exclusive benefits from access to unlimited premium content and members-only research from Technomic to monthly recipe demos and private roundtables with restaurant business editors. Subscribe now with code RBPODCAST21 to access your free 30-day trial to unlock industry insights that will move your operation forward.